Alright y'all, welcome back. This is the Tyson James Podcast. And tonight we're gonna be talking about um you know losing a losing a child. Um you know what you know, my experience has been like losing a child late in the pregnancy and also know what my wife experience is like losing a child so late in the pregnancy so Miss Utsi so we we wanted to talk about this subject because there are a lot of women who go through this and I kind of believe that it's like people are insensitive to the subject or they just don't really know how often or how it really affects um, a mother or a father um, because people think, oh, well, you know, the ba- you didn't spend time with the baby, so it doesn't affect you. But in a lot of cases that I've seen, it affects you. And I know it affected me. Uh, you know, a lot having to go through that. So I'm, I'm gonna just tell you our story and what happened, and you know, just give some encouragement to not give up for that woman who might have had some miscarriages or thinks that she's not able to get pregnant anymore or again, or just keeps having miscarriages. You know, there's some hope and some faith that. Um, you know, it can still happen. So, even before I even met my husband, um, the doctor that I used to go to told me that it would be hard for me to have kids um, because he said that I had PCOS. And what PCOS does is it produces more testosterone than normal in a woman's body, and it's several different side effects. For me personally, um, I had irregular periods. And I guess that's what prompted him to say that that's what I had. I'm not really sure. Um, But other doctors have questioned it because they're like, no, we won't really see any other symptoms besides the irregular period. So I could have PCOS and could not, might not because um, I, I don't really have any symptoms besides the irregular periods. So, anyway, fast forward um, to, you know, having a child with my husband. So I actually got pregnant in 2013. Um, and I was shocked because I was still under the impression that it would be very hard for me to have kids and I needed fertility drugs and all that stuff. Hold on, who told you you, you could have a baby without fertility drugs? I, I guess you did. I don't You um, guess I, I don't. did? <laughs> or did I tell you that you could have a baby you, without? You did tell me that. Um, so I got pregnant in 2013 um, and I was kind of, I was shocked because, like I said, the doctor said that I would need, you know, to have fertility drugs or whatever to get pregnant. It would have to be something that I planned and really, 
you know, got assistance with. But nonetheless, I got pregnant. And I was happy because I was like, I'm, I'm pregnant. I don't have no fertility drugs. You know, I, I was... And during your pregnancy, let me ask you about the pregnancy with Skylar. Okay. <clears throat> Did you get any um, stretch marks from Skylar? Not from Skylar, no. Did you get any um, type of um, blemish from having my child? What do you mean by blemish? Um, like, you... Any cuts, any scars, any is any, any noticeable? No, but what um, does that have to do with anything? Effects done to your body from having my kids? Not Skylar, but what? <coughs> what does that have to do with anything? Well, what long-term scars does Tyson leave on you? I have some stretch marks. From uh, where? Where they at? Where they at? Where they at? They're on my stomach. I've never seen them. Well, show me. He's two years old. I've never seen him. I have stretch marks. Right here. Man, if you don't get out of here. <laughs> I didn't have them before. So. Oh, my God. But anyway, my whole point is this. I got three beautiful children. And they, none of my kids left any type of scarring or anything to their mothers. Because I told y'all that these babies would not affect y'all, uh, leave any type of imperfections on y'all. So I just wanted to say that I wanted to put that out there that you know you don't have any scars, stretch marks. Neither does the other young lady who I had a child with, and that's because you know I I told y'all that I wasn't gonna leave y'all messed up, and they came out right. So I just wanted to. You you told me I better not have to have no C-section. That's what you told me. Yeah, we was talking about no. Uh, we didn't. Ha- you told us we didn't want to have no scars. Okay, that is so off the topic. I'm just saying. I just wanted to put that. Out there. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Anyway, so I had, you know, I had a, a decent pregnancy with Skylar. Um, really, didn't gain that much weight. Or maybe 25 pounds and um uh but I had her a month early she came a month early my water broke I was having contractions everybody told me it was Braxton, Braxton Hicks but they were painful like real contractions did your water break in my car no my water broke in the bed oh, okay. at six something in the morning and I was happy because I was in so much pain. I didn't get any sleep at night. I was throwing up my food. Oh my God, it was just terrible. I was like, what? And, and the doctor's like, well, they're not five minutes apart. And I mean, it was literally like six minutes apart. So, you know, I was happy that my water broke because I would have probably been in more agony if it didn't. So anyway, she came a month early. Her water, my water broke, but she was small, five pounds even. But, um, you know, she's healthy, don't have no issues. You know, she's a big girl. She's big for her age now. She's looks like a seven-year-old and she's five. So, you know, everything worked out fine. So, fast forward to 2016. Um, so I had got pregnant in 2016 
with our second child and the pregnancy is going good and um, one morning I woke up and I just it was all of this like uh, if you know what a mucus plug is when the mucus plug comes out you know that basically means that the baby's about to come so it was like that's what it looked like and it was coming out and I was at this point four months pregnant so you know I was concerned so I went to work that day but I called the doctor the doctor told me to come in right away so they made me an appointment to come in in the afternoon so I went to work for a couple hours and then I left and went to the doctors. So when I went to the doctors, they took a sample and they tested it and they said that it was amniotic, uh, amniotic fluid. So you know, that's how the baby lives and grows and, and eats and stuff inside of you. Um, if that water isn't in there, that fluid, the baby's not gonna survive. So the doctor gave me a decision. Um, she basically told me that uh, I could have a miss, you know, they could uh, basically abort the baby now, or I could go on bed rest and hope for the best. Um, what I had, they called pre-prom, basically when the sac ruptures, um, and then the fluid leaks. So they don't know what causes it. They don't, and it happens in like 3% of women. So it's not something that is very often or very common. Um, so when I got home, my husband was there. I remember it like it was yesterday. We had like a, a white chair that, that was like a white little accent chair in our room, in our bedroom. And he was sitting in it, and I just sat on him, and I just started crying because I just felt like I had instantly failed my child, and he, like, what was I gonna do? And um, I was just upset, and I was hurt. So of course, we opted the bed rest because I just believe in you know, trying to do anything you can. Like, that's that was my child. Like, I, you know, I don't believe in that, oh, it's just a fetus. You know, you look at a child, when a child is growing inside of you, every woman has an attachment. Um, you can feel the baby growing and changing inside of you. Um, to me, that's, that's the most beautiful connection you can have. And I, when I am pregnant, I feel all of that. So to, to know that my baby was in danger really, you know, was hard for me. So they told me that basically I had to lay down all day, just go to the bathroom. That's it. I could only go to the bathroom, um, elevate my feet, um, so, and drink a lot of water. So literally, my husband was doing everything, like... He was taking my daughter to daycare, picking her up, um, or his mom or his sister would pick pick her up or, you know, take her or whatever. They were very helpful. Um, 
and my husband would cook me food every morning, cook me breakfast, go to work, check on me all day, come home, cook me dinner, or bring me something to eat. Um, and that just went on for a month. Um, and then one weekend, my daughter actually was away. I, I think she actually was with my mom, but I wasn't sure. Uh, she might have been with Tyson's mom. Um, and I just felt all this pressure, like the baby was about to fall out of me. So I told Tyson, and he rushed me to the hospital. And when we got to the hospital, the baby was still had a heartbeat, um, although the heartbeat was lower than what a normal baby would be. It was like 120, and normally a baby's heartbeat is probably like 150. Um, so I knew at that point, like, it was going to go downhill. Um, and they, they basically told me if the baby's not over 24 weeks or 23 weeks that they don't attempt to save the baby because to them it's still a, a miscarriage and not a stillbirth or anything like that at that point where they would try to save the baby. So I was waiting in the emergency room and... Um, they were. T they took an ultrasound. So by the time I got the ultrasound, which was, was some hours later, there was no heartbeat. The baby had died. And um, at that point, um, the doctor came in. You know how doctors are. They're cold. They don't really, not all of them, but a lot of them, they just, I guess that's just how they have to be for that type of job, um, you know, because it probably would... <laughs> all the, you know, they probably see people die and all the time or, you know, just crazy stuff. So they probably have to be like that. So I didn't really feel any type of way. I was just concerned about just doing what I needed to do. So he said it was no more heartbeat. Um, so they were going to start the delivery. I basically had to deliver the baby um, because I was... Uh, almost five months pregnant. So I think I was a week shy of five months pregnant, if that, maybe a half a week. So I uh, went, they took me upstairs to a, to the maternity ward and um, gave me a pill. The doctor told Tyson, because he was going to go get some clothes and things, and she's like, oh, yeah, you can go. Well, actually, the nurse, she told him, oh, he could, you could go. It's, it'll take a while. By the time he left, it was maybe a couple minutes, all, like, just everything started just pouring out. Like, I could just feel it. It just started pouring out. And um, I was calling the nurse. And I guess they didn't believe me at first because they were just taking a good old time. And I had to call them twice. I'm like, there is, like, I am, the baby is coming out. So they come and they're like, oh my God, like it's just never happened this fast. So my dot, my actual gynecologist came, she was there. She come, she came in um, and she noticed that all the placenta wasn't out. So she attempted to pull the rest of the placenta out. Um, it was, that was the most painful thing. It, I'm telling you, it was 
probably worse than childbirth. Like somebody sticking their whole hand up there and trying to pull the, the placenta. I mean, oh my God, it was very painful and she couldn't get it out. Um, and I was losing a lot of blood. So she was like, we had to do a, um, a DNC is what they call it, where they surgically remove the rest of the placenta. So they put me to sleep. By the time, well, they gave me anesthesia. They didn't put me all the way down, but they did give me anesthesia. I was in it like a daze. And um, they, I was run, rolling out and Tyson was coming back. And he was just like, what is going on? And I, you know, they was like, she needs to go in, into surgery. So I don't know how long I was in there. Maybe you could tell them. I have no idea. I don't think it was long. Maybe not long 10 15 minutes at most okay so when i when i finally you know came it was coherent again um they had put me back into the room and then um the doctor they you know they gave me medicine and all that stuff and the doctor said that i had lost a lot of blood um so i would be very low on iron i wouldn't be able to he would Tyson basically would have had to help take care of me for at least a week, um, and I just remember laying there. Um, I actually got to hold our child um, after they had put him in, you know, what they put in when newborn babies to sleep in. They had put him in one of those uh, bassinets, and they brought him over. And I was just like, oh, he looked just like Skylar, just like my daughter. So I just looked at him for a while, and then there was a boy. Um, just looked at him for a while, and then they took him away. And then I laid there, and um, Tyson was there with me, and the I just started bawling, like in tears, crying because I was just so upset that I felt like I let my son down. Like you know, maybe if I would have drank more water or maybe if you know I would have just try hard and, and didn't let fear you know overtake me at times maybe those times would have been the times where I would have just been able to you know maybe that would have saved him you what know you fearful of? of what happened I didn't know that um yeah, I I just felt like the weight was on of the world was on my shoulders because in my eyes is my job to protect my children and you know, I didn't know what to do. And I was scared. I just felt like, you know, I, I'm I'm going to lose my baby, you know, it just all these thoughts and these things are natural to think about. Um but I, at the time I just felt like you know, it was my fault. Like, I did all this. And it's really just some unfair, unfortunate thing that happened to our family. Um, so when I got, when I left the hospital, you know, Tyson, um, you know, I talk a lot of mess to my husband. But when I tell you that he was there for me, like, it's it just, he was just there for me like he put his own 
feelings, everything to the side to just take care of me. Like, I literally would cry all day, um, could could barely walk, um, you know, just really, just all the uh, hormones still going through me, the pregnancy hormones, so I'm, you know, not, even if this was something difficult, it's even more difficult to deal with because I still have the, I'm coming down off being pregnant. And um, it was just hard. I just remember one day he he was just like, I'm going to get a wheelchair and take you to the outlets and we'll go just walk around and get you outside. And every time I seen somebody with kids, and I, and I have a had a daughter, so, but every time I seen somebody with a child, especially with a boy, I just would ball, start crying because I was just like, I cannot believe that like, this is happening to me, to my family. Um, and I'm just like, my husband was there, like even before the whole time before that, like he just was there. And, um, I just, if, you know, I know that I have said this, but I'm going to say it again. Like you just really just show how excellent of a husband you, you know, you are with being there for me during that time, because that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to go through because I had that attachment with our child and you know I was halfway through the pregnancy and I'm we're planning and doing all this stuff and then this tragedy happened um but after you know a couple weeks few weeks I started to feel a little better I stayed out of work for six weeks um which I, I definitely needed to do and um, that experience, you know, it made me scared and think that, you know, I couldn't have any kids um, or I was just going to always go through this. Um, so before I even go even further, um, you know, I just want to know. What were you feeling like? How did you feel? Because you just had to be strong for me. Like, you couldn't really show, or you chose not to show your emotions. You just chose to be strong because that's what you knew that I needed. And you put your own feelings and your own stuff to the back, and you put me first because you seen, you know, that that's what I needed from you. So, you know, what were you thinking as a man, as a husband, seeing your wife, and your child seeing this, all this happen, um, did you feel helpless? Did you feel, you know, sad? What was going really going through your head? <clears throat> um, I was sad, you know. You know, I just, uh, you know, I didn't want to tell, I didn't tell, <clears throat> too many people you was pregnant anyway because I, I always want to make sure the pregnancy is like successful before you go around and like you know spread that type of stuff so I was just always just kind of like keeping it on the low you know especially knowing that you know we was having complications and you know I, it made me feel even more some type of way once we start having um, complications um where I was just feeling like, you know, why we had to go, why we had to go through this, you know? Yeah. 
And, um, you know, I had a lot of faith that our baby was going to come out healthy. Obviously, up until the day you went to the hospital. And after you delivered the baby, um, Dr. Tyree asked me if I wanted to see the baby, and I was unsure. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to or not. So, I, at first I said no. I didn't want to see the baby. And then, um, you know, I said to myself, like, that's still my baby, you know. So, um, I asked her to bring, bring my son back. And she did. And, you know, I was just... Because I think you was... I don't know if we was in the same room or if I was in the same room with you and maybe you was still... I think when you saw the baby, I was in surgery. Yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah, because I was by myself. Yeah. So, you know, I just sat there with my son and, you know, I just cried, you know, for a little while. Um, just looking at, you know, the life that could have been and what I thought, you know, was going to happen, you know, even though, you know, he didn't go full term, you know, at least having kids with you always feel, you know, that our kids could do whatever they want. So, you know, I was just looking forward to having, you know, another power like that here, um, so I was a little sad. I was a lot of sad, actually, you know, where, you know, those times were that first week where we just laid in bed, you know, I was, I was actually going through my own thing, but I was just there, you know, for you outwardly, you know, yeah. but inwardly, you know, I was asking my own self some questions, you know, things so... You know, I went through my own thing during those times. You know, and I still have that little white box that they gave us. I never opened it. Um, but, you know, I just did what I thought I was supposed to do as a leader. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that based off, you know, your testimony is, you know, I executed you know, very well, because, you know, that's what I wanted to do, you know, I just still wanted to just, you know, be a husband, make sure that she was okay, and, you know, kind of just keep things moving along, and, you know, not have you or us get stuck at a place, and just be able to, you know, spend time grieving, I felt like we did that uh, for that week, where we just, you know, was just in the house with no phones, no TV, um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, that was our grieving period and, and we spent it together and, I, you know, we kind of moved on. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to see the baby at first either. You kind of forced me, but I'm glad you did because I'm, I'm, I probably would have regretted it today if I didn't look at the, look at our child, so... Um, I am glad that um, you kind of forced me to do that. Um, yeah, so that is our was our first, I guess, major issue with being pregnant. Um, but like he said, we 
you know, I, I took six weeks off work, so I was able to really get my mind right, um, just take it easy, and really get myself together before I had to, you know, come back and deal with the, my stupid job at the time. Um, so, uh, fast forward, um, this happened in August of 2016, so fast forward to the beginning of 2017, um, I actually had got pregnant again, and, um, you know, we went to the doctor, um, and she, they, that my particular gynecologist at the time, the office, they didn't do ultrasounds, but they had a little, they had a machine that they would look to, you know, just to quickly see things. So when she looked, it was two sacks in there. So she was like, oh, y'all are going to have twins. And oh, like we were just like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you know, we went from losing a child to now having about to have two kids. So I was only about six weeks. I wasn't far. So when we went back to the doctor, when we actually went to go take the ultrasound, um, they they said, well, the fetus hasn't, they haven't developed. Um, so you need to come back. So we come back again and there was no development. So at that point they were saying that it's not a viable pregnancy. And I need to again take pills to to abort or have a miscarriage. So I was like, oh my, here we go again. Like, you know, is this going to be my life where I'm just losing kids and I'm not going to be able to have any more kids? Should I even attempt to have any more kids? Do I want to go through with this? Um, It's just a lot. And um, the second time, honestly, I guess because I was so early in the pregnancy, it wasn't, it, it was, it was hard, but it wasn't as hard as the first time because I actually went through a process. I, you know, it was just way different, um, you know, so I took the medicine to have the miscarriage and I took a couple of days off work that time, um, just relaxed and just, you know, went back to life as usual but like I said these things was going through my mind like am I gonna be able to have any more kids you know what is you know what's wrong with me like what's going on like I had Skylar now I can't keep a child and um ever since Skylar they consider me high risk because I had her a month early and then now with having the p-prom um with the second pregnancy they definitely put me in a high-risk category. Um, so now we, you know, I just went on with life, um, continued on. So now fast forward to 2017, um, I got pregnant in the summer. And as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I, I told myself, like, all of that, Doubt and stuff was just not even in my head. I was just like, I, it's my, I'm gonna, this is my job to have this child successfully. Nothing's gonna happen. I said, I'm not letting nothing stop that. So 
they told me um, I was high risk, so I would have to get ultrasounds often. Um, every two weeks, I had to get ultrasounds. And um, I had to get to 13 weeks. But once I got to 13 weeks, the doctor took me out of work because I was not letting. My job was very stressful. And I feel like that might have been part of the reason why I lost my first child. I mean, my second child. So I just wasn't letting nothing that could affect it, affect this pregnancy, affect it. So soon as she could take me, take me out of work, she wrote a note for me to get out of work. And I had a very, um, let's say, uh, <laughs> up and down pregnancy with uh, our son that we have now. I actually, they had me high risk. So I was getting the ultrasounds. And um, they said they would give, they gave me the shot every, was, yeah, every week I had to get a shot in my butt. Or was it every Wednesday? I, don't, I think it was Thursday, but I don't remember. It could have been Wednesday. Uh, it was, it's called pro progesterone. And it, what it does is it strengthens the uterus. So that was supposed to help with my uh, sac rupturing. It's supposed to help prevent that. So every week I had to go get this shot in my butt, which was not fun. It was a huge needle, and it was not fun. So... You know, everything's fine. I go to the doctors. I'm about, I don't know, maybe I'm four months along, if that. Not even. I had to be, yeah, maybe yeah, four, months. Three, four months. Yes, it was past three. I think more like four months. I go to the doctor. I mean, I go get the ultrasound. They tell me that my cervix is opening. They rush me to Abington Hospital because I couldn't get the procedure done at uh, St. Mary's, which is where I was going. So they rushed me to Abington to get my cervix stitched because they said it was it was opening. And if cervix opens, then baby can come out just at any time. So you know, in order to prevent that, they put a stitch inside of you. Um, so I, you know, I had to go through this whole thing with them telling me if the baby has to make it to 24 weeks. So all this stuff that the doctor is telling me and Tyson's in there, he's like, the baby's gonna make it, you know, like he, you know how he is just, you know, he's sure, he's confident, he's positive, And, you know, he's, and the doctor's like, I, I understand that. He's like, I just have to let you know. So I, I was just like, all right, let's just get this over. I'm like, not again, I have to go through this again. You know, I'm not going to mess this up. So I go get the, procedure the surgery done because that's what it was um and then they I stay in the hospital for a couple of days and then they send me home um and just say take it easy you know it wasn't I wasn't put on bed rest or anything like that but I still had to get my shots and I still had to get ultrasounds at some point I believe it was every week uh yeah every Wednesday um so I'm going to the doctors. I'm doing all this stuff. At this point, I'm driving myself. I'm just doing, you know, because Tyson can't sit home with me. He, you know, he needed to work for to make money. So, um, the pregnancy really wasn't that bad at all, actually, until I got to the end. 
because um, mind you, my first pregnancy, I didn't make it to the to the last month. My son, now I had a total opposite problem. He didn't want to come out, so we actually had to schedule an induction because he didn't. He was not interested, and he came a week late, a week later, and um, he was ten pounds one ounces, big boy. I just barely could walk the last month of my pregnancy because he was so heavy and I had a long day of labor. Um, but I have beautiful, we have a beautiful boy. He's uh, he's just a joy. I just, uh, he's just like, he's great. So, you know, I'm just trying to tell you this story because I know that women you know, you might get discouraged, like, oh, I had these miscarriages, I can't have kids, but that might not be your story. You know, you shouldn't give up if that's what you want to do. We see all the time where women have miscarriages, and then the one pregnancy, they have a successful one. And, um, you know, these things are things that we have to go through in life, and they're rough, and they're but they make us stronger, they make us better. And it's unfortunate that we have to lose to gain, but usually that's how it goes. Um, I don't know, you know, th this was the way this was supposed to be. I don't know what would have happened. Uh, it might be a totally different event if this didn't happen to my son and, you know, and the twins. And then, you know, having our son KJ now, we might not have had KJ. Um, it would have just might have it just might have been a different story. So stuff just happens for a reason, and you can't give up hope or or falter in faith because you have bad experiences. Because that's just what life is. It's full of experiences, good and bad, and you have to take them and learn from them. And I really think because I had such a de determined attitude about having a successful pregnancy with KJ, I had one. Like, I had issues, but I overcame every last one like it was nothing. Like, just boom, boom, boom. It was just, you know, I just overcame any obstacle because that's what I was determined to do. Because I was like, I'm not going to lose another child. Um, I deserve to have my kids with me so I can raise them. And, you know, that's just how I saw it. And, you know, that's, that's the type of stuff I manifested inside of me. So that's why I'm able to, to say that I have an almost two-year-old now. And, um, you know, I learned a lot of that stuff from you teaching me you know just to manifest positive things that you want and when it comes to my kids like they're just you know they're they're just everything so I have to make sure that I protect them and, and do the best I can um, for my kids yeah it's like this is always about faith for me. 
Just always believe in and understand that <clears throat> the impossible is always possible. So even going back to the first doctor telling you that, you know, basically you was going to need some type of assistance or some type of aid, you know, to be able to have children in the first place. And m my beliefs and what I thought was real was something totally different than what the doctor said. And, you know, I acted on my beliefs and my faith, and I spoke it, mm -hmm. and I stood on it, and, you know, I said that we was going to have a baby. Now, I always wanted to have babies by you from the very first time that I met you. I wanted the reincarnation of me to come out of you, and I've done that successfully with Skylar and Tyson. And, you know, also for the, you know, the babies that we lost, you know, still remaining in my faith and, you know, knowing that, you know, things happen and, you know, I'm still going to strive for the things that I want, you know, kids, whatever, and not listening to what anybody say that I can't do, rather is the doctor or any type of authority figure telling me what I can't do. You know, I, be I believe in what I believe in. And, you know, I believe in myself. I believe in you. I believe in victory. And, you know, it's going to be obstacles. But, you know, we went through a lot of those. You know, me not being able to have sex the whole time you was pregnant. With oh, Tyson. yeah, that too. Yep. Um, yep. Know, once the stitch goes in, you cannot have sex. Um, yeah, so we went six months. Six months without sex. Um, and you, you know, I for a man, we already know that's like the hardest thing on planet Earth. So, <laughs> um, but he was there and he didn't complain at all. Um, you know, he knew what needed to be done for his child to, to have to be healthy. Um, and once they took the stitch out, you know, we had some sex. <laughs> Not really. Not really, though, but yeah, because I was so miserable. Your son was so huge. But we had some, and then, you know, after you have the baby, you can't have sex again. So, really, it was like. <laughs> almost a year. It was a whole year. I said almost. It was, it was a, not it was, almost a whole a year. Time, you know, six to, months and then so we're talking about eight weeks. months. Yes, almost a year. <laughs> almost a year. <laughs> eight months is almost a year. It's three quarters of the year. It's almost a year. Like uh, eight to twelve is really not that far. You know, three quarters. Seventy-five so, cent is almost it was a, a dollar. It was a long time. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you got to make sacrifices for the greater good. You know, it was sacrifice and discipline and, you know, all that type of stuff that had to go on, you know, to be able to see this child, you know, get here. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a rough time. You know, it was a rough time. And, you know, now that he's here and he's running around, you know, acting crazy. Driving us crazy, a little terror. You know, acting just like me. And, um, 
you know, one of the things that I admire about my son is that he has the ability to keep his mouth closed when he wants to. He can just go silent, and I like that. Uh, you know, that's one of that's one of my strongest features, I think, and I think he already picking up on it because I can see Tom's like he was having dinner at the table the other day, and Skylar was running her mouth and as usual, you know, doing all the stuff that she was doing, and he was just sitting there not saying nothing. I don't think he said nothing else the rest of the night, like. Cause I was just paying attention to him. I was just looking. I was like, "Oh, he ain't making no noises. He ain't saying nothing." I was just like, "I don't see how long he gonna do this." And I don't think he said one word the rest of the night. And he was still up for you know, like two or like maybe two hours or something. But you know, I was just was like, you know, just checking out my son, checking out his attributes. You know, he's healthy. He's smart. You know, and yeah. you know, I'm happy that he's here. I'm, I'm blessed to have him. You know. As I stated, and it's a true fact that, you know, I wanted to have, you know, kids with you from the very first time that I seen you and, you know, you fulfilled that purpose, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I believed what those doctors had said, you know, until I got pregnant. And I'm like, well, what were they talking about? You know, because... Oh, you believe, and then you it was, believe what the doctors say. Well, they but they, you don't believe what I say though. <laughs> but they said this before I even met you, so I don't know what you're talking about. So well, now you're you dealing with the real power, you know. You, you're dealing with the Holy Ghost power now. You ain't dealing with that man-made shit. Uh -huh. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I just really, you know, my son. Is really like my joy. He really is. Um, he he just he he's so he's just like a sweetheart. He really is. He's just loving and yeah. He he's a boy, so you know he likes to tear up stuff and jump on us and do all the stuff boys like to do. But he is he's helpful. He's loving. Uh, he just loves on me all the time. Gives me hugs and kisses. I just, I can't take it. It's just so, he's so loving. So, um, you know, he's, he's just a blessing. And, you know, I just love watching him grow and being able to, to see him grow and become, you know, he's going to become a young man, then a grown man. And, you know, I'm just, Looking forward to being there and seeing. I just know that he's going to do something special in this world and something great. I just feel it. And he does it every day. You know? He yeah, does so. his greatness every single day, you know? Every day I get to see him open his eyes and walk around and, you know, get to see him create and, you know, get to see him when he gets focused. You know, he does his thing every day. You know, I don't. I'm not waiting because I can already see. I can already see it with both our kids, their greatness already. Like, I don't have to wait. You know, they're great now. Yeah. You know, get to see Skylar just do her thing and, you know, how she just go about doing her thing or, you know, you know, her being able to read and, you know, being, a, you know, the head of her class and, 
you know, for her to do all these things, you know, that's greatness. You know, that's like a joy for me to watch because I wasn't, I wasn't that kid, you know, like I was special, but I didn't realize I was special until later. And, you know, I get to see my daughter, like she knows she's special now. And, you know, she. Yeah, well, you instilled that in her. So that's what, that's, that's what she produces. It's what she knows. And she is, she's, I just, today we sat down and she was like, oh, mom. Um, how do you spell closet? And I said, you spell it. And she figured out how to spell it on her own. I did not say anything. She sounded out every letter till she figured it out. And she spelled it. And to me, you know, I don't... I, like, maybe I, you know, I, I was a five-year-old so long ago. But <laughs> I don't remember... Even learning this type of stuff. Yeah, no, I'm not putting every five-year-old on my door level. Yeah. Because she not, that's not what's going on. And, you know, she's she actually started school early, so all, a lot of the kids in her class are six. You know, so they, they even told her, they told us that, oh, it's better if they wait a year till they turn six. I said, she's not waiting. Why would I, well, she needs to be challenged. You know, she needs to, you know, push push her mind to learn more advanced things so and she she's spinning circles around the six-year-olds so you know clearly we did the right thing by putting her in class uh now and she really she she gets her homework i don't really have to help her with anything with her homework um at all she knows it she knows what she's doing and um you know, the teacher confirmed that and told us that she is one of the smartest kids in the class and she does very well. And, um, you know, that's that's good to hear that because I think sometimes also us as parents, you know, we feel like, oh, you know, are we doing enough? Did we, te-? you know, I, I know I felt like that a lot. Like, am I doing enough activities? Am I doing enough things with the kids? Are they... Well, I, first of all, I don't never think like that because Scholar has done more at five years old than I've done probably to probably 10 or 11. Like, you know, just all the exposure that she has and all the things she's already got to do already. So many things she's already got to see. She's already seen things that I've never even seen. So, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to marginalize my daughter, you know. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, her, her, the sky's the limit for her, you know. I was marginalized, like, but I'm going to make sure that she's not marginalized. Like, she's going to be limitless. Like, she's going to be able to do, you know, whatever it is she want to do in life with no limits. You know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever direction she want her life to go in, she'll be able to make those decisions and she'll even be able to start to think about those things at an earlier age you know earlier than me anyway you know she'll be able to make decisions and she'll be able to carve out her life you know so i'm gonna let her know she already know anyway based off the stuff she'd be telling me anyway you know she already knows she the creator of her own life you know what i mean mm-hmm. she knows. yeah because she thinks she's in charge of everything and everybody and you can't tell her nothing so yeah, she definitely thinks that. 
<laughs> she's she's a handful, but um, yeah, she's very smart, very intelligent, and I, you know, it just through all the obstacles, you know, it's a blessing to be able to see my kids grow every day and see, you know, what we're, what we've created. Like, you know, that's some that. Those children are something that me and you created together, and that's the creation of half of me and half of you. You know, to me, that's amazing. So I just look at it like, you know, this is an amazing thing. You know, having children together is a con- connection, you know, regard, you know. So when you mix true, absolute love with with that you know it's just a beautiful thing so you know that's what me and you have created and I think that we just all about black love and just more just women being able to overcome things and and men you know if, if you are in a relationship you're trying to get pregnant you're married you're not married it doesn't matter if you're with somebody and you love them and you're trying to build with them and you have, you know, you're having struggles and this would be a common struggle, I feel like, for people who are trying to have kids and can't. I think one of the things that I would say, too, like if there are people out there that's trying to get pregnant and the doctor told them that they can't get pregnant or they need some type of assistance or something along those lines, I would say... You know, you know, take take the necessary precautions, but also you can't believe everything that doctors say. I think that you ultimately got to have faith in yourself, faith in you know what you believe in, faith in your you know your girlfriend, your spouse, your boyfriend, you know whatever, and just have faith in the two of y'all can pull it off, and you know that it's possible. You know you have to believe. I believe that you have to believe. In your own mind that it's possible for you for you to be able to bring that into you know fruition into reality i think it all starts with what you believe is possible for yourself outside of the doctors and you know i think that you know if you really want to have a baby um i think that you know with with a strong belief system anything's possible yeah and don't let tragedy deter you from something that you truly want you have to learn from it and then the next time you take the precautions or whatever you need to do to make sure that you know you do have a successful pregnancy and um this is about as much as women this is about men encouraging and being there and being supportive because that's a big help I know pregnant women are crazy. Like it's, no, not pregnant women. Just women in general. <laughs> whatever. Pregnant women, um, you know, they have all that additional uh, hormon, hormonal, hormones going through their body. And, um, you know, it, they could just go crazy. You know, emotional one minute, snapping the next, happy the next. It's just. You know, they're bipolar when they're pregnant. So, you know, like, just like any other <laughs> woman. Whatever. Uh, now, we're not going to start the woman bashing, okay? I ain't bashing. I'm so, just at the hunt. Um, 
you know, you just being there, being a supportive spouse or, or, um, partner goes a long way. And, um, you know, like I said, we about black love and having more of these beautiful black babies out here. Um, and you know, also I so know you gonna get pregnant again. No. You talking about you about having more of these beautiful black babies with, by other people. Mm-hmm. What that mean? I have my kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, I just, I just want to encourage some woman to really like who's just going through pregnancy issues to just be inspired and say, you know, this could still happen for me. You know, despite what the doctors say, despite what happened previously, you know, your destiny, maybe you had to go through those things for certain reasons. We all go through things for reasons. Everything happens for a reason. There's no, like, I don't believe that, you know, there is, I believe that you're taking on the path that you belong in because that's how it works. And you need to go that way. So you have to experience that for whatever reason. And, um, but doesn't mean that you can't have a positive end story or positive outcome or learn from the experience. So I hope that we really, um, touched home with somebody, um, you know, and I hope to continue I have been seeing a lot of beautiful black babies on my Facebook timeline because I start just started back getting on Facebook more often. So I have been seeing a lot of beautiful black babies being created and, you know, it makes me happy. So I want to see some more in 2020 um, because we're going to we're going to, you know, have this black love explode. And I to do that, we need to be having as many little cuties out here as possible. And um, that's really all I had to say. So do you have anything else in closing? I just want to say keep the faith. Um, believe in yourself. Um, believe, um, you know, it's possible. If you have any type of limiting uh, belief systems you should check them at the door and I uh, realize that anything is possible for you and that you are the manifester and the creator of your destiny and your life and you know that's gonna wrap it up for us um, this message was brought to you in part by um, the good people over at reading minds and also the people at wealth practices where you are God and love is first Have a great night.